Welcome everyone, I'm Hunter Bratton and this is Cut the BS Podcast. We are here to talk about helpful, relevant issues relating to self-development in a way that is rooted in research and our own personal experiences. And here is my co-host, Matthew Salerno. Hi everyone, I'm Matthew Salerno. Uh, Topics on this podcast are going to range from concepts like mindsets, building habits, and all sorts of other things with our ultimate goal being to assist you, our listeners, in working toward being the best version of yourself possible. Our first topic for podcast number one is fixed and growth mindsets. And when we talk about fixed and growth mindsets, the first thing that popped into my mind was a quote by Robert Kiyosaki. And it says, a question opens a mind and a statement closes a mind. And what that tells us is when you look at problems in your life, someone with a fixed mindset would say, I can't do that, which is a statement. And someone with a growth mindset would ask the question, how can I do that? What are your thoughts on this, Hunter? Yeah, I I think that's a great quote. You know, I've never, I'm glad you you, uh, decided to include this in today's show because I had never heard this. Um, I think this is really, really great quote for people who are trying to, you know, accomplish a goal. Uh, we're still sort of in the beginning of the year, I guess the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't know how people are doing with their New Year's resolutions if they had any, but I know at the beginning of the year, everybody has goals and um, certainly aren't easy to accomplish goals. Um, you know, a really common one is trying to lose weight. And, uh, you know, if somebody's trying to lose weight or change the way they eat or their exercise habits, you know, a lot of times when it gets hard, they'll just go, oh, I can't do this. Um, and that's, you know, that's the fixed mindset coming in. Um, but when they, you go towards a shift towards a uh, growth mindset, you know, better question or the question that that person would ask is, you know, how can I lose this weight? How can I change my diet? How can I change my my day to day life so that I can accomplish my goal? And what do I need to do to get there? Um, instead of just making that definitive statement that closes off any opportunities for growth yeah definitely and uh it's very difficult to make that shift to a growth mindset from fixed because we see this fixed mindset in almost all aspects of our life um if you just go back to middle school um when you told yourself that oh i suck at math i can't do this or uh i know something that i tell myself is i can't draw i think Um, we're all in that boat (laughs) yeah but uh there's also there's in fact, the TED Talk by Graham Shaw, um, you should all definitely give it a, a watch. Um, and he talks about how a large percentage of the population thinks they can't draw. Um, and so to disprove this, he, he goes up on stage and shows a, a very nice drawing. Uh, it was just in Sharpie, very simple, but an amazing drawing that I don't think I could ever do. Um, and he asks the audience, how many people do you think you could draw this? And maybe one or two people raise their hand. Um, But 99% of the audience thought it would be impossible. So he said, okay, pull out a piece of paper and a Sharpie and draw this line right here. And draw this line right here. And he kept giving them instructions until, lo and behold, everyone had this awesome drawing on their paper and everyone was just shocked. And he said, all right, now I'm going to put my drawing away. Do it by yourself without my instruction. 
And lo and behold, everyone came up with pretty much the same drawing. It wasn't perfect. They didn't all look the same. But everyone's drawing was better, way better than they could have imagined at the beginning uh, when he first showed them the, the picture. And that just goes to show you that sometimes uh, the only thing holding us back is our mindset. Because, um, you know, all those people probably would have never tried to draw something that looked that good because, um, you know, they just didn't believe they could. Yeah, totally. I, I, mean, I can relate to that example very uh, heavily. You know, I was just in a class a couple of weeks ago where we had to draw something for a group assignment, and I uh, did not raise my hand for that because, well, I, you know, this is my fixed mindset when it comes to drawing, but yeah. I just don't think I'm a great artist. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. The, the neuroscience behind... Uh, a fixed mindset mm. is um, it's it's very hard to escape because if you look at the first six years of our life, we are basically in a hypnotic trance. Um, a doctor at the University of Wisconsin, he's a biologist named Bruce Lipton. Um, he did some some great studies. You should take a look into them. Okay. Um, and he believes that the subconscious mind controls. 95% of our actions. Really? Yeah. Which... Uh, crazy amount. Very surprising, but if you think about all of the societal rules we have to follow, like saying, please, thank you, mm -hmm. uh, God bless you when someone sneezes, there's so many that we could not sit down and write them all on paper. Yeah. And so you start to wonder, how do we remember all of these things um, and follow them every day because you, you can't even remember all the things you're doing. Yeah. Um, and it's because they're in our subconscious and, you know, 95% of the time we're just doing what we were trained to do when we were young. Um, and that stems from uh, the, the electrical activity in our brains is measured in different states. Um, and the first two states, the lowest energy levels, are called delta and theta. Okay. And these are the levels that children under six, their brains are operating at. And what's interesting about that is that um, these are the same two levels of electrical brain activity that hypnotherapists use on their patients to help them, um, you know, fix their problems, uh, change their behaviors, um, yeah. basically just fix their subconscious mind because basically up until the age of six, we're, we're just being hypnotized. That's why we can imagine so many things because our brain is at such a, a low level of energy really i had never i never knew that uh you know our subconscious controls so much of what we do i mean it kind of makes sense though if you think about it because most of us are sort of just every day stuck in this uh, not a hypnotic trance maybe this routine that we just go through mm -hmm. we don't even just going through we don't even double double uh check ourselves we just we just go for it you know no questions asked because if it, if it ain't broke don't fix it i guess yeah yeah and uh that's that's why you see fixed mindsets so often because, um, I mean, even for those who who have heard about the whole fixed growth mindset conversation, yeah. um, like very few people know that almost everything they do is based on a fixed model of their brain. Um, and that's why you see so often uh, you'll have a super intelligent person who grows up in a, a not-so-wealthy family. Mm -hmm. Um and you think, okay, they're going to break out of the, 
they're going to break out of the, the trend and, you know, they're going to make a lot of money because this, this guy's so smart. Yeah. And then they end up being not so rich. They're, they're kind of poor. And you wonder where that comes from because this person's so intelligent. And mm-hmm. you see all these, these rich kids who are so dumb ending up being rich like their parents. Um, and it's just because the super intelligent person who grew up poor continues to stay in that conservation mode of save money, save money, save money, and not invest, make more, um, and, you know, like create jobs for people, create, create value for society and make money as Mm -hmm. opposed to save money. Um, and I mean, that just goes to show you how the fixed mindset has such, such power over us. Yeah. It's sort of, um, in the documentary on national geographic free solo, uh, you know, Alex Honnold free solo is a cap. And one of the things that he talks about when he's, preparing himself mentally for it Uh, he's talking about achieving greatness and he talks about in order to be able to do this he has to be willing to go beyond his comfort zone and you know a lot of people want to be in their comfort zone because they're happy and they're cozy um, but nothing great is ever achieved from being content with happiness and coziness you gotta break out of that to truly achieve this greatness that everybody seeks but doesn't know how to accomplish it or you know reach it uh, and they aren't willing to do what it takes exactly yeah the uh the comfort zone is where where dreams go to die um it's funny you bring that up because um one of my strength coaches in high school um he, he would he had chalk and he'd draw a big circle on the weight room floor and he wrote in all caps comfort zone in it mm. and if he saw anyone loafing or, you know, cheating their reps or, or staying in their comfort zone, he'd either tell them to go stand in it or he'd write their name in big chalk letters right in the in the comfort zone. You definitely did out. not. You did not want to. You be don't want to be there. Zone. No, yeah. dude, it's, it's humiliating when you know that you aren't giving your best effort. Exactly. So that's one of the reasons that I think, I think health and fitness they're uh, a great way to work on your mindset. Um, mm-hmm. At least for me, these past few months, as I've gotten back into running a lot, um, you know, when it's just you and the road just for 10 miles, you, yeah, there's nobody out there holding your hand telling you, oh, like, you got this. No, it's just you. You know, one of the things that uh, David Goggins says, ex-Navy SEAL, he's beast. He uh, says the most important conversation that you'll ever have is that with yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, I I think that's that. so true because, you know, one of the appealing parts of running for me, something I love about it so much is that I think I've been able to increase my mental strength a lot because it requires a lot of discipline and, um, you know, going outside of my comfort zone at 4.30 in the morning when I wake up and it's... <laughs> And it's time to throw the shoes on. You know, I'm just sitting there staring at him and it's like, you know, I can sit in bed and sleep for another two hours or I can go out and start my day when everybody else is still sleeping, get those 10 miles in mm-hmm. and uh, start the day great. Yeah, I've got mad <laughs> respect for you for that. I, I don't think I could get up that early in the morning and go running. Oh, dude, it's, it's tough, but it's, <laughs> it's rewarding, let me tell you. Yeah, props to you. Um Touching on that, a uh, you know a lot of people when you hear fixed mindset, um, 
you think negatively about it yeah. because, um, you know, you hear all these things, get out of your comfort zone, you know, grow, learn, adapt. Um, but the truth is that a fixed mindset can actually be your friend because you can take advantage of your natural instinct mm-hmm. for your brain to stay in a fixed state by using that to create good habits. Um, so all it takes is a little bit of time to train yourself, uh, before something comes natural. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was listening to a podcast with Joe Rogan and Pat McNamara. Mm. He's a, uh, ex army guy. Yeah. yeah. Joe Rogan is. Man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> would love Shout to, to you. Yeah. Maybe you can uh, be a guest for us one day. <laughs> Joe Rogan. I know you're listening to this right now. Um, <laughs> we, we would love to be on your podcast. Or you could be on this one. You, you know? could be on our podcast we'll too. Be some yeah. exposure. <laughs> um, but I I liked what uh, Pat McNamara had to say, so I started digging into him a little, and um, I started watching some of his videos, and he had like a I think five clips about self defense, um, okay. like maybe five minute clips, um, and they were just little tips like when you're on the phone, put your back against the wall just so you know like all your surroundings. Yeah. Um, and he was giving all these little tips. And after every tip, he got super close to the camera. He's a super intense guy. He goes, make it habitual. And uh, I think that's a, a great mentality to have about things you want to improve on is mm-hmm. to make it habitual because those little habits that you want to form, it only takes a little bit of time uh, before those get set in your fixed mindset. And it becomes very difficult to to change those bad habits. Mm. So, to me, when I think about this, I so I feel like we start off at fixed, um, but in a bad way, mm-hmm. and then we have potential to, you know, change to a growth mindset and see that it is possible to learn to adapt and to you know exert more effort. And get better at whatever this thing is that we're trying to improve upon. Mm-hmm. And then once we improve upon it to our liking, we sort of become, I guess we go back, we go back to a fixed mindset, but we're fixed in our growth mindset mm-hmm. is what this is. That's how I think of it, you know? Yeah, I think and, that's a good way to put it. Um, and I think, you know, obviously you have to tweak, tweak a little bit here and there because it's sort of like, you know, with the house, um, you you buy it and you have to keep maintaining it and you know doing updates and stuff mm-hmm. otherwise it's gonna it's, it's, yeah it's gonna, it's gonna lose value or you know stay the same and there's no i mean you know i, I think we should strive for improving you know we don't want to regress we only want to progress mm-hmm. definitely yeah that's a great analogy um you know one way that i think you can take advantage of uh growth versus fixed mindset mm-hmm. is um, this little activity. Um, and you could make this a daily habit. You could make it a monthly habit or a yearly habit or all three. Um, I think it's a great way to reflect and see where you need to grow and see where, see where you need to stay the same. Um, and what it is is you, you think about every aspect of your life and you go through those aspects and you write down five things that you can improve. And you can do five things across the board or five things in each aspect. 
And what that does is it motivates you because you see those things and you think of yourself like, wow, if I fix those things, I'd, I'd be a pretty awesome guy. Like that would, that would be. be great. Or girl. Or girl. Or girl. Yeah. Do you want to discriminate? <laughs> um, and then you move on from those five things that you need to improve and you look at five things you need to keep consistent. Mm-hmm. These are my five best attributes. I cannot change here. Like these things need to stay the same. Like not slip out of these good habits. Yes. And then after that, you write down three reasons why, because without reasons why, there's no reason to improve. There's no reason to keep your good habits the same. Yeah. You need three reasons why you need to change. Um, and I think that's just a really great way to keep yourself in check and see where you're growing and see where you need to uh, stay consistent. Yeah. And I, I'm really glad that you mentioned that one of your coaches told you this because I never thought of it like this. You know, I mm-hmm. sort of I've identified things that I think I do well and things I can improve on, but I I never would have thought to. I think putting things in writing Definitely. makes them more official and it mm-hmm. makes it more real. Sort of validates it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you can keep yourself in check. Makes you, there. yeah, you know, you can hang it on your mirror, hang it on your bed if you're, you know, in a dorm like we are. Uh, do it, however, so that you you don't forget those. Um, you know, it's important to remember why you started, and if you have those in your face every day, you'll be able to either, you know, make sure that you're staying consistent with the things that are uh, good, beneficial in your life, and those things that you need to work on. Um, make sure to every day take a step towards improving them. For sure, yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, definitely recommend you write down five things to improve, five things to keep consistent, and three years in the Yeah, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back everybody. In this next part of the show, we're gonna talk about growth mindsets. Uh, and I feel like this is probably something that everybody has heard of at some point or another, but you might not be entirely sure of what it is. And so just a little background. It was first coined back in the 80s by Dr. Carol Dweck, who is a professor of psychology at Stanford. Uh, and she is this is probably what she's best known for. And she defines a growth mindset as the understanding that intelligence and abilities can be developed. And she first, she coined this term by observing students in the classroom. And so when students believe that they could get smarter, they understood that this made their, that this effort makes them stronger. And that would in turn lead to them putting in more time and effort, which consequently would lead to more achievement. And she came up with this and tested it through giving students puzzles. And she had two groups. um, And in one group, the students would be praised for their efforts. And on the first set, that's how they were praised. And then the other group was praised for how well they did. So if they got it, they'd be like, oh, you got it. You're so smart. And then they got another round. Um, and the students that were praised for their effort, even though the puzzle was really difficult for them, they tried harder 
than those who are praised for quote unquote being smart. Um, and they, you know, they tried harder on it and they worked on it longer. Whereas the kids that were just praised for being smart, um, they were, they gave up. And if I remember correctly, Matt, it was actually, it was, there's, it was unsolvable. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was impossible. And so that was, that's how she wanted to test their resilience. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's, that's an awesome way to look at it because, um, in school, I think a lot of people become demotivated because when they they have a test or a homework or just any subject that they can't understand, um, if they don't get it, they tell themselves they're dumb instead of, I don't understand this yet. And mm-hmm. I think that yet is a key word that a lot of people forget to use because... Yeah, she talks about that a lot. Yeah, using the word yet, um, it's almost like using a question to open your mind Mm -hmm. instead of a statement. I think by saying yet, you're allowing the possibility that you can grow and be able to learn this. Just like by asking a question, you're allowing for the possibility of there being an answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it implies that not yet doesn't mean never. It just means Mm -hmm. that you aren't prepared for it yet. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I hate to use... You know, like the word in the definition, but that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, I think it, I, that was, when I heard that on her talk, uh, that was very powerful, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, when there are things that I'm trying to achieve, you know, um, you know, maybe with my fitness goals or something, I, I guess when I was, you know, when I used to lift, uh, and I would always be fixated on getting this number, mm-hmm. uh, you know, try to hit two plates for my first time ever, and I failed, you know, not yet, but at some point down the line, it'll be possible. Um, One thing that she talks about and that she has seen as a result of this, uh, there have been a lot of misconceptions and one of the things that has popped up is what she calls the false growth mindset. And this is when somebody says that they have a growth mindset, but they don't really have it. They don't understand what it is. Um, And it's also, this is a quote from her, it's also false in the sense that nobody has a growth mindset and everything all the time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she's 100% right because if everybody had a growth mindset and everything that they set out to do, then they'd be perfect. They would never, they'd have, they'd never struggle Mm -hmm. and they would, everything they did would require no effort um, and they would just do it and they would do it right. And at least to me, I don't know how you feel about this, probably pretty similar. That just wouldn't be satisfying because I think one of the beauties of working towards something is there's, there's beauty in the struggle. Um, Definitely. Because when we struggle with something and we don't get it, but we keep working for it and we eventually get it, it just, it's a validation that our hard work paid off and it shows that Hey, if we apply ourselves in this, uh, we are able to achieve something. Uh, and like Alex Honnold says, you know, achieve that greatness, leave the coziness and happiness behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few misconceptions that she that she addresses a lot, and this sort of ties back to the false growth mindset. This first one does is I already have it, and I always have. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you know, you can't always have it in everything um, that you always have. I think it's something that you definitely have to people aren't born with 
they once they get out of that little hypnotic trance that is one through six, mm-hmm. they have to work on developing it. Obviously, later down the line, because I don't think my uh, six or seven year old cousin is gonna be talking about a growth mindset at yeah. that age. Because I mean, I didn't think about this until high school, so yeah, definitely a little early there. Uh, and then an- another big one is a growth mindset is just about praising and rewarding effort and unproductive effort is not a good thing at all um because by definition nothing is being achieved mm-hmm. um and so to praise somebody for for working on something and getting nowhere um that is unproductive and that's not what a growth mindset is about um and mm-hmm. she i was really glad to see that because that was one of the issues that i had originally thought i was like it's sort of like how everybody nowadays gets trophies just for trying and for participating mm-hmm. Participation trophies. I, I don't agree with those at all and that's when i was researching stuff for the show uh, i was I, I thought to myself you know growth mindset sounds like a great thing but why should we be praising somebody's effort if they're not getting anywhere, and I was very happy to come across her saying, no, this is not what it is. We need to debunk this uh, this, this myth. And then just one other thing before we get into some more concrete examples that will probably be more helpful for our, user, or for our listeners is the opposition. Something that they say is that with with her experiment in psychology, I guess it's a well-known fact that if a if a study can't be repeated under like the exact same conditions um, and same procedures as one research researcher did, then the results might not necessarily be valid, and apparently. A lot of people have tried repeating the study that she did, and mm-hmm. um, they haven't been able to get the same results. And I was interested in that, and I couldn't find anything that she had said addressing that point. So, um, well, I if people have heard of her study, um, I think that could definitely mess with the results. Oh um, yeah, because like they see what's going on, they they understand what the goal of this is, and. Um, you know, just to touch on two points, um, you're talking about how being perfect would be boring. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a song by Passenger called Let Her Go. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Let's bring back some memories. Yeah, it's an oldie but a goodie. Uh, one of the lines in it is, um, you only know you've been high when you're feeling low. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great line because, you know, part, I think all of the joy in success Mm-hmm comes from knowing the struggles that it took to get there. Um, Because if you just walked out on the field or, you know, the classroom and you were just better than everyone else, there there would be no pride. There'd be no accomplishment. There'd be no sense of success. Yeah. Um, And also touching on the participation trophies, um, you know, it's great to encourage kids to show effort because, you know, obviously that's a very important thing in the world. Um, We're, Entering a day and age where young people are seemingly more lazy than the older generations, mm-hmm. and we need to combat that. Um, I think the whole participation trophy thing 
is discouraging the growth mindset because it's teaching kids that they're good enough, um, that what, whatever they do is good enough, so there's no reason to grow. You're already being rewarded for what you did, as opposed to saying, no, this was not good enough. I need to improve. I need to grow. Yeah. Um, and that goes back to one of those reasons why. Um, like, there's no, there's no reason why if everything you do is going to be rewarded. Then mm-hmm. what's, what's the point of trying something new and trying to improve when I can just walk out and do anything and suck at it and be rewarded? There's, yeah. there's no point in that. There's no fun. And that's, that's not productive to, you know, reward people for, mm-hmm. for not improving. No, I agree. And that's actually a great segue into, uh, you know, the first example, uh, real life person um who i think embodies a growth mindset just beautifully um and he's his name i mentioned him in the first part is uh david goggins and for those of you who don't know he is an ultra marathoner he at one point held the world record for uh most push up or sorry pull ups in 24 hours i think he got over 4000 um Jeez. it was ridiculous his hands were Tore his hands. I think he messed his shoulder up along the way. Uh, but he's an ex-Navy SEAL. Uh, he went from weighing 300 pounds to like 195 in three months. And it, he, his story is amazing. If you all have never heard of him, you all need to check him out. I really encourage it. Um, but something that Matt was saying is, is how people, you know, they work and they get to a certain point. And then they stop where, you know, if they are perfect, there'd never be any reason to, to work for anything. Uh, and one thing that Goggins says is that there's no finish line in life and that you always have to be working for something greater than where you are now. And I really love this because um, how you were saying, talking about the end goal and how, you know, success is great because of the struggles that you had to go through. Uh, and personally, when, you know, when I'm working towards something, yes, I think a goal is or some tangible result is always great to have. Um, I personally enjoy the process more than I do the end result. And that might sound backwards to some people, but you know, in this struggle, there are gonna be, in the process, there are gonna be ups and downs and you're gonna face many different situations uh, depending on what you're working towards. And when you achieve that goal, it's. I mean, I wouldn't say you're perfect, but it's kind of like, okay, like you've, you've done this now. What else is there to do? Um, and so I think, you know, you always need to be searching for something new to go for because mm-hmm. I think if you, if every goal you have, you reach the finish line and then you stop and become complacent, I think ultimately that's, that's, that's going to be a detriment to you. Yeah. And I think uh, the thought of, life having no finish line is a very, very scary and intimidating, overwhelming thought for oh, some people to it's terrifying. Um, because, I mean, if there's no finish line, then where are you going? Like, there's no, there's no destination. There's no, like, tangible direction. And, mm-hmm. you know, that really scares people. But the truth of the matter is that that direction you're going is the goals that you set for yourself. Because... If you achieve those goals and you tell yourself this is the finish line, you're not going to never want anything else for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like You're going to want other things. You're going to aspire for other things. And whether you like it or not, you can achieve every single goal you have right now. And when it's done, you're still not going to be satisfied. There's still going to be one more thing you want. 
And, you know, that's just human nature. We're greedy. We are, we, we always want to be better. We want to be perfect. Yeah. And because we cannot be perfect, there will always be at least one more thing that we can aspire to. And, you know, you could say that's a curse of life, but um, I think that's a blessing of life because, you know, life, life never gets boring when there's always, there's always a way to improve. You can always look up to a future version of yourself. Yeah, I, I totally echo that. Uh, and, you know, going back to sort of the mindset, because that is the, uh, the topic of this podcast, um, this episode, something he talks about is, and this is really great, I think, for when you're working towards, um, excuse me, getting a, you know, achieving a growth mindset in something, is that your mind has the tactical advantage over us. You know, that's something he always says in his podcasts, interviews, videos, whatever it may be. He says that, you know, our mind knows everything about us, our fears and our insecurities. Um, but we need to be in control. We are in control of our minds. It doesn't control us. And this is, you know, all about gaining control over mm-hmm. the mind and taking back what is yours. And he talks about, you know, being an uncommon man amongst common people. That's something that, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Herb Brooks, but he was the uh, coach of the 1980 U.S. hockey team that beat the Soviets for the gold. Uh, he mm-hmm. said, you know, you can't be common. The common man goes nowhere. You have to be uncommon. And that's just a quote that I think, you know, in talking about mindset is really powerful. And, you know, I think if you work towards having an uncommon mindset and just being uncommon in everything you do, you will achieve such greatness in your life um, that, you know, it'll it'll be amazing and people will look up to you. Um, But obviously, you know, talking about this is good and all, um, but, you know, it's about figuring out how to do that in your life. And I think for, for something to keep in mind is that this is a highly individual process because, you know, how one person takes or gains the tactical advantage over their mindset is different than how another person's going to do it. Uh, I think, mm-hmm. I think sometimes one of the things that happens on when people are on a, you know, an interview or a podcast talking about this, they go on and they spew on and on, but they never really say how to do that. Um, and you know, it's just important to keep in mind that the reason that we aren't necessarily saying how to, how some of these things can be done is because, you know, what's true for one person isn't true for everything. Cause you know, you'll come mm-hmm. across these, these articles online and it's like, you know, how to achieve everything you want to do. Or, you know, when it comes to fitness, like how to get a six pack in six days or like mm-hmm. five tips to a chiseled six. It's clickbait. Yeah. Clickbait. It's, it's that's all it is. And we don't want to, we don't want to put that out there. We want to keep it authentic and genuine with, with our, uh, with our audience. Um, we don't want to sell you all or, you know, appear as something that we aren't. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, piggybacking off that, that quote about you can't be common, you have to be uncommon. Um, I think I was a, a sophomore or a junior in high school. And um, we, were, we were doing this exercise um, where you had to do a pull-up all the way to the top. And it was mm-hmm. just a pull-up hold. So you're okay. pulling, pulling out with your arms completely bent. Um, and you just, you were going for time to see how you could mm. go as long as you can. Okay. And, you know, it, it was rough after, I don't know, 30, 40 seconds, you know, it was, it was sure. tough hanging up there. 
course. And I wanted to drop down. And being a sophomore or junior in high school, of course, I thought, you know, I'm going to be a Division one athlete, football player, you know, superstar, Heisman Trophy winner. Oh, yes. Um, Whole package. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking of dropping down because, you know, my hands were killing me, my arms, my shoulders, everything was hurting. I look over at the guy next to me, and he was actually a good friend of mine. And, you know, he was he was a good football player, but he, he wasn't a Division one football player. Mm-hmm. Uh, prospect at all and I thought to myself you know if you really want to be that guy like you can't be you can't be on the same level as these people like you need to you need to go above and beyond what these people are achieving Um, and I'll tell you that made me hold on for a lot longer because you know you got to be you got to be different than you know all those regular people out there you gotta if you want to be great you have to do something that other people won't do. Yeah, and that's, you know, something else Goggins says. Uh, Goggins, if you're listening to this, I, I don't take credit for this. This is all you, man. Uh, you're just, you're a role model of mine. Uh, look up to you greatly. Uh, but something that he says is, he calls it taking souls. And he says when you're all messed up and you're tired and you're exhausted, you know, this is when you, it's your time to shine. And, you know, you can make a statement about who you are as a person, um, and something that he would do when he was going through Hell Week, he went through it three times, made it out twice. When everybody was going through it, they were, everybody was exhausted, you know, it's probably the toughest thing physically um, that anyone can go through uh, on the planet, I would imagine. I mean, Hell Week is ridiculous. But he said that he would look around the room into the eyes of everyone he was around and from their struggles, he that's where he would muster his energy. And he would find the strength to power through what he was going through. And might sound kind of twisted to people to piggyback off the suffering of other people. But I think that there is something really powerful about that um, as a way to muster your strength. And to see that, you know, I mean, it almost sounds, I don't want to... It kind of sounds bad, but I think maybe to some people, but I, I think that it's, um, it, it can work for you. Um, mm-hmm. maybe that's how you, that's how you all could try to, um, you know, get to get through your struggles. Yeah. I, I like, in, in I like moment. that name for it. Taking souls. That's yeah. It's a, a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that, um, you know, a true testament of a strong man or woman is what they do in their darkest hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether they decide to fold or and roll over or if they decide to, you know, fight through it and mm-hmm. um and keep going. Um and I just think, yeah, it's a it's a great place to um or it's a great way to, you know, define yourself is in moments of struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh the other example uh we wanted to talk about when it comes to growth mindset uh another navy seal um he it was ut austin commencement speech i think it was 2012 uh it doesn't really matter you all can just look it up uh ut austin commencement speech great speech navy navy seal can't remember his name and i feel really bad because you know gotta give credit where credit is due um he's he's wonderful but he uh he talks about you know if you want to change the world in his in his speech and he gives ten 
things that he learned through going through Hell Week. Um, and some of the things that are that were that really stood out to me, and actually Matt was telling me about this before we started doing research on this episode, and it's the first thing that he says in his speech, is start off by making your bed every day. If all else goes wrong, at least you come out, come home at night, you know, your bed's made, gives you hope for a better tomorrow, and you know, when you start off the day, at the beginning, you have a sense of accomplishment, and you can use this as a snowball effect to, you know, you made your bed, super simple, but it's one thing done, and then you can use this to maybe go for a run, go for a lift, kill it at practice, um, do well on your exam. And you know, these things, they snowball, they build on each other. And then before you know, you come home for the day and get in bed. Um, and that, you know, simple task of just doing, doing that little habit you build, um, it ends up having a huge impact on your day-to-day life. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Um, I can't say I make my bed every morning. Oh, because, no. <laughs> uh, I'm in a bunk bed. And oh, yeah, I don't want to do that. That would probably take me about an hour every morning. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think that little, little, uh, little habits that strengthen your discipline um, are great, uh, great ways to... Um, you know, make that discipline carry over to other aspects of your life. Um, one of my buddies, Tyler, told me um, how he thinks of every morning when he hears his alarm mm. is uh, if he does not hit the snooze button, he's 1-0 on the day. Um, if he gets out of bed right away, starts his day off hot, starts doing whatever he needs to do, then he's 1-0 on the day. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think that's a great way to put it, um, to wake up, be one and out on the day, um, get a great energetic start to your morning. Um, you know, that's, that's just an awesome way to start your day and, you know, have it carry on through the rest of your day. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, another thing he talks about is, so I guess when you're going through hell week, uh, for you, for those of you who don't know, it's, um, I want to say it's seven days, maybe it's five days, but it's just continuous nonstop. You're training, doing calisthenics, doing exercises, uh, very little sleep, very little food. It's in short, it's grueling. And that's why so many, that's why very few people ever make it to be Navy SEALs. Um, but one thing that they have is they're called circuses. So if at the end of the day, um, you didn't meet the expectations that your instructors had for you, you have to go to circus. And it's just more running and it's more exercising, more calisthenics. Uh, and, and as a result of doing this extra work, you know, you're, you're more tired. It means that the next day is going to be tougher for you. And something that he said that he observed while he was going through this is that those who continuously found themselves on the list doing circuses, they became stronger and stronger. They were more resilient and he said that, you know, in life, you will fail often and it will be painful. You're going to have to go through many circuses. Don't be afraid of the circuses. Embrace them because, as I've said, um, something that I believe is that there is beauty in 
the struggle and the process. Um, and while it might suck to go through to be doing a circus, uh, when you come out on the other side, it's going to feel great. Yeah. Um, just a little example of that popped in my head is um, I think winning, if you think of a championship game, it's way the emotion and the joy you feel mm-hmm. of fighting your butt off all game and winning at the buzzer is way better than dominating the whole game and winning a hundred nothing. I mean, sure that's gonna feel great. Like you yeah. you dominated, you did well, but at some point midway through the game it's gonna get boring. Yeah. You already know you won. When you have to struggle and make a comeback and overcome obstacles, that is really when the true emotion of accomplishment um sets in and I I definitely believe that life life as crazy as this may sound, life would be worse without failure and struggles. 100% agree, man. Uh, that's one of the things my brother told me, actually, a few days ago. He was, he was um, I was asking him for some advice on career stuff, and he, he told me, you know, you always need to be the underdog, always be the dumbest person in the room, always ask questions and learn from those around you, because... You know, if you're the smartest person in the room, it means you theoretically have it all figured out. And you don't ever want to be in that position because there's so much in this world to learn and to do. And you just want to constantly be learning. And I and I really, really appreciate that you told me that because um, sometimes, you know, there's this stigma, this negative stigma around um, being dumb or, you know, not having things figured out or, you know, being a failure, I guess. Uh, but in reality those things there's beauty to it um so so the you know sort of tying this all together um with matt's matt had a his task was to uh you know do the five things you're good at five things you need to improve at and three reasons for each one thing that we were that we thought uh with you know related to growth mindset that you could do and I guess what he had to say related to that too, but um, sort of want to, you know, um, piggyback off of the UT Austin commencement speech is pick one thing that you can do in your morning uh, that you can make part of your morning routine every day. Um, you know, it could be making your bed, or maybe it's working out before going to work or going to school. Um, maybe it's even getting up an hour earlier than you already do. Uh, whatever it might be for you, pick, pick one thing, one change that you want to make to your daily routine and just try it out for, give it, give it a week first, uh, and see how it goes. And it probably won't be easy at first. Actually, in fact, it won't be easy at first because, um, when you're first trying something, it's usually difficult. Uh, you might fail a couple times, but, um, keep up with it. And, you know, maybe, maybe that little habit that you start at, you start doing, implementing will end up, uh, turning out to be something that, you know, ha- creates that snowball effect and ends up having some sort of big change in your, uh, day to day life. Yeah. I think that's great advice. I'm going to gonna go right now and think of a little habit I can start doing every morning. Um, start my day off right. 
Yeah, I'm glad to hear it, dude. I, I think I, I'll do the same, and we'll uh, let you all know how we're doing next week. Um, so we just wanted to thank you all for listening to our first episode. We hope you enjoyed it and that you were able to gain something from it. Uh, if you all have any questions, I'm pretty sure that there is something on Anchor that you can actually ask us, and we can either maybe directly respond to you all or you know answer your questions at the beginning of the next episode. Uh, hopefully we catch you next week, and until then, remember to cut the BS every day.